0: What is up, everybody? Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to Work, Grind, Hustle. I am your host, Wayne Feldman. Guys, so I met an amazing entrepreneur last week. If you're following me on social, maybe you already got a little sneak peek into the story that I'm about to tell, but this guy is a born and bred entrepreneur and actually in the early to mid-90s. Was the had the privilege, excuse me, to find himself in the dot-com boom, right? Right when the internet hit, he found himself actually getting ready to launch an online magazine, one of the first ever online magazines. And that led him to actually starting one of the first ever web design companies and grew this bad boy in five years to having 2,200 2,200 employees and actually took the company public at a $400 million valuation, right when the dot-com boom hit. So stay tuned, that's the story I'm about to tell you guys. Uh, And it all started actually a couple weeks back at Denver Startup Week. So if you don't know, I just uprooted sort of my whole life, Uh, grew up on the East Coast in Virginia, just moved out to denver colorado a lot of people have been asking me why i decided to make this move and it was truly just for a change of environment a change of pace to actually sort of spark a different mindset now there's nothing wrong with living or growing up in a small town a small city It can be quaint it can be honestly amazing i'm so grateful for my childhood and how i grew up however when you're in such a small environment, low number of people, low cost of living, it just triggers sort of small thinking, small mentality, and to be able to grow to the size of business, just of overall life and happiness that I want, I knew that I needed to get out of such a small town uh, and move to a bigger and honestly onto better things in life. And so that's what caused the move to Denver. But... Either way, so I was at Denver Startup Week at a event with a bunch of venture capitalists uh, and a ton of founders and startups looking for financing. I, myself, not looking for any financing, so I just took it as an opportunity to network, right, to meet some pretty high-up individuals or at least people with hella grind, hella hustle, right, and start talking to them. So I, I meet this one woman who, you know, she does a mainly graphic design, but either way, during our conversation, I honestly think it was all the hand gestures that I was using. She sort of stopped me and said, Wayne, you know, you're really reminding me of my friend, Kevin. He runs a video agency. You know, I don't I don't know if you guys would be able to work together. For some reason, I, I want to connect you guys. Would you be open? To meeting him or to talking to him at all um, and of course like I said I was there to network right to meet people so I said yes please I'd love to you know especially if someone gives me a compliment of saying hey you remind me of a guy who is a running a successful startup uh, in the video space which is a space that I have been in since high school actually Um, I said, hell yes, let's take this opportunity, not really knowing much anything about him other than he was one of the keynote speakers earlier in the week uh, that I did not get to attend this event. But that's where it all started. So next thing I know, uh, LinkedIn message comes through a little three way message. Connecting Shannon was actually connecting me and Kyle together. Kyle reaches out and he says, Wayne, yep, great meeting you. Um if Shannon is providing this introduction, I would love to talk. How would you like to actually come up to my space? Uh we have an office in downtown Denver, and we'll drink uh drink a coffee, uh catch up, uh learn a little bit more about what each other do. I said awesome, let's do this thing. So guys, going into this, I really had little to no idea what I was getting myself into. I knew that I was about to go meet some individual who allegedly uh, was somewhat similar to myself in energy, in hand gestures, in video marketing. But other than that, I really had no idea. And so I want to just take a pause here because it's something that I've been hearing a lot on other podcasts and just in business coaching as well. A lot of times, you know, even if you don't have all of the puzzle pieces together, you don't know exactly what you're getting yourself into. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just to take the leap. Take a leap of faith and just go for it, right? We don't always have to have every little thing figured out. Now, yeah, if you're Uh, launching a actual physical product right to market yeah you know you should probably have everything figured out you uh you can't go releasing a new car when you just have the body design you don't have all the engineering done but for most things in life don't be afraid to take the leap uh even if you don't have everything figured out yet i think it can truly you know spark something within us of just Getting out of our comfort zone, I can bring amazing opportunities. So I've been hearing that over and over. So I just need to pause and touch on that. Uh, but getting back to it, right? So I find myself walking into a pretty sizable skyscraper in downtown Denver. Uh, I see Kyle in the lobby. He greets me. Uh, such a friendly guy, right? I didn't expect him or he doesn't seem like a, we'll say one of those classic execs or high net worth individuals uh, but little did I know that's exactly who I was meeting uh, someone who I would maybe refer to as a big wig other than that he doesn't have one of those classic attitudes you think a big wig has as far as thinking that you know they're the shit so we get upstairs amazing space that he's working in and he starts telling me some stories I start asking you know I'm just curious about how you've gotten to where you are you're running a successful startup he said they'll they'll do about a million dollars this year in revenue actually only has a team of i think eight people so it's amazing right and he's absolutely killing it um expanding and the video agency that he runs actually it's it's a little app that guides people through storytelling over video actually explains to you how to position your smartphone how to position your camera with a subject you know Uh, in view sort of that two-thirds rule if you ever heard of it then also tells you like what pieces of the story to tell when uh, and then at the way end it uploads all of your video into the cloud and artificial intelligence pieces everything together and makes you a nice clean video so that's the company that he's currently running with uh doing super well but the story really started from earlier in his career right when he was getting started actually uh, and he wanted to be an actor. He found himself going to school to actually get a degree in theater, and after that, moving to New York City and becoming the manager of a uh, of a stage, I guess, of a theater. And it's funny because he was telling me that at that time in his life, or at that time in New York theater, the size that it was at, uh, there was almost never really intention of making money. The purpose behind doing it was really just for the love. And essentially, you know, you would practice for 12 weeks. You know, everybody learning their lines, rehearsing. Then all of a sudden, you have two weeks of shows where next to nobody shows up. And then you do it all over again, right? Then you have another idea for a play. You get everybody together. It's just a whole lot of fun, right? For 12 weeks again, you're rehearsing. You're learning your lines. And then two weeks, you put the show on. And really, nobody comes, right? This is sort of the world that he knew. It was all about for the love of theater. And, of course, ideally to grow uh, into bigger productions. Fun enough, they started their own agency uh, management company simply to manage themselves. Him and his, uh, his business partner, you know, they found out that a lot of talent agencies or, I guess, casting directors wouldn't speak with just talent, just the actors. They only would speak with agents, and so they became their own agents, uh, and actually started building that up. And during that process is when the internet sort of just launched, or people were getting access to the internet. And he saw an amazing opportunity. Um, you know, let's start getting my story out. Let's start trying to propel us forward by getting some media attention best way to get media attention in this time internet's just launching you know what let's go ahead and launch one of the first online magazines we'll talk about the plays that we've been doing the plays that are coming up uh it'll be great you know we'll tell all of our friends and they can share it and people will hopefully you know get us in front of the right eyes to be able to get to the next level in our careers. Right? So. He launches uh, this first magazine, you know, they develop it, whatever, and the day after it launches, without him even knowing about it, it gets picked up by another magazine and a newspaper across the globe. A month later, it gets picked up by something like five or six more publications across the world that he's never been in contact with, never in his wildest dreams imagined, you know, this first magazine, the first issue that he ever launched would disseminate across the globe. And it's from that moment he realized, boom, something is changing. The world is changing here. The internet is going to change it all, right? It is something very special. And so he sees this opportunity, right? He sees the power of the internet and decides you know what acting is fun it's still my passion but that's not long term going to pay the bills or that's not bringing me success as what i'm seeing the internet has the potential to do it's truly changing the world and so him and his business partner they decide you know let's look a little bit deeper into this thing and they start realizing these things called websites right websites where brands could put their image out, they could maybe promote their products, super basic, right, this is some of the first websites ever created, and he decides, okay, here's the opportunity, here's the gap in the market, Uh, big brands need websites, right, there's this whole thing called the internet now, and if you're not on it, you're going to miss out, and so they decide, boom, we're going to launch a website company, and we're going to call it agency.com, Now, if you guys know anything about websites, uh, you have to buy a URL or your domain name, right? So agency.com would be that URL or domain name. And in today's day and age, something like agency.com would go for thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars just for that name, right? Because it's so popular. And so I asked him, hey, how'd you guys get agency.com? Like, how much did you pay for it? And he said, no joke. That they didn't have to pay anything. At that time, all you had to do was just sign up for it. That's how new we're talking here, guys. That agency.com had never been used before. And they just got it for free. They signed a little piece of paper. And boom, agency.com was theirs. So, developed their own website. And then the first company they decided to pitch for. They decided, you know, we're going to start at the top. They go directly at Sports Illustrated. Reached out. I don't know how good they got in contact with them. But ended up signing Sports Illustrated as their first ever client. They developed a website for them. And from there, they got clients like CNN. They got big medical companies, big tech companies, almost like Oracle, if you've heard of it. Um, But huge, huge brands. They decided to go after almost the top 1%. And that top 1% included Coca-Cola. Now, this time, Coca-Cola is already a massive brand. Uh, If you guys remember the ads with the polar bears in them, the polar bears drinking Coca-Colas, that was their main branding at the time, their main ad campaigns. Uh, Yet, when you went to the website, there was really nothing there. Uh, It was sort of procedures or some coding that the back-end developers or some of the more you know, engineering type people at Coca-Cola were using just for internal use, right? The web was still so new that Coke didn't even realize that this was out there for the public to see. So they get this meeting with Coca-Cola, they're sitting in the conference room, and the first slide of their whole presentation they bring up, it shows side-by-side comparison of a TV ad with the polar bears on it, you know, classic Coca-Cola branding. And then right beside it showed the website, and it was just ugly text. Had nothing about the brand of Coca-Cola. And essentially they said, guys, look at this disconnect. What What do you think your audience is going to think about this? And the execs all of a sudden were speechless. They were speechless. They looked at each other with sheer just shock and concern and said, guys, excuse us, please. Uh, We need to reconvene. We'll be right back. And they leave. The execs leave the room. They said it was probably 10, 15 minutes that they were gone. And it turns out that these high-up execs, essentially the marketing CEO or the CMO, right, had no idea about this website. They had no idea that it was even a thing. And this was a huge, huge problem, clearly, right? The internet's the new hottest thing. And Coca-Cola one of the top brands in the world uh isn't even represented on it so they came back into the room uh the execs and essentially told Kevin guys so we'll listen to the rest of your presentation uh but when can you start this is a massive problem when can you start uh, to actually solve this help us fix it and that is just such a crazy story to me and the reason why I want to share it is just because a lot of times, you know, we have to take that leap. <laughs> wow, here it comes back around that, you know, they were brand new to this industry. And they decided, you know, we're gonna go after the biggest dogs. Right? We're gonna position ourselves as the experts. We're just learning how to code. Like, you know, they're developing solid products, but they're no, they're not experts yet. Uh, Because, you know, technically to be a quote-unquote expert, you have to have 10,000 hours of practice in something. And, you know, I don't think the internet was even around for 10,000 hours yet. So it was impossible to hit that number. But either way, they decided to go for the big dogs. And it just turns out that even Coca-Cola didn't know, they didn't understand what was happening in the world with the internet. Uh, Because of that, literally, they had to do next to no work at all, except for just bring it to the exec's attention uh, and they signed the deal, which is just so, so crazy to me. Um, our, the rest of our conversation, our meeting, some of the biggest takeaways. We talked about partnerships. You know, he said he's had good ones, bad ones. Uh, but to this day, you know, he's in his mid-50s. He's still pro-partnerships. And the biggest tip here, the biggest takeaway that he gave me was truly just to be as open and upfront as you possibly can be when it comes to partnerships. If you have a disagreement, air it right then and there. It's always better to talk about it immediately because eventually down the line, you're going to have to have this awkward conversation. You're going to have to discuss it. And yeah, it's going to suck. But his mentality is it's always better to bring it up earlier and to be just as transparent as possible, total unruly honesty um, from the get-go it's always, always better, which is great. Takeaway number two, I'm going to have three big takeaways here, and then I'm going to leave you guys with a final story that he told, which is so funny. And I've been telling it over and over again over this past week that I just have to share it. But so takeaway number t- uh, number one right there was be open with your partners always about everything. Takeaway number two, is all about integrity. He said that, you know, as they were growing this company and they were immediately the biggest web design company in the world, um, brands were started reaching out to them, essentially begging them to become their clients. This t- time, they are charging buku bucks for their websites, All right, They are charging huge stacks of cash to become a client. And I'm talking hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a website designed for them. And people are begging them. To design websites, and he said that it happened over and over again. Where they found themselves in a meeting where it dawned that these companies are not ready for a website, although they're essentially begging Kevin and his business partner at agency.com to sign a contract with them, they're begging them to take their money. They had to look kind of within themselves and realize that although, you know, we have this amazing opportunity and we're building this amazing company and we can make so much more money, it's not right for them to sign every single client just because they think they need a website or they have the funds to pay them. So they had to start turning people away. He said that there were dozens of meetings where they had to tell the potential client, listen guys, like... You're not ready for a website. You don't need this. You're not making enough revenue and or your clientele isn't right for the internet right now. Or your product can't be sold on the internet. Whatever it was, we did not really go into those specifics. But he said it it truly tested their integrity. And that's one of the biggest things in business that he's learned over his career. Is that no matter what... If you don't have your integrity, you're going to lose. And so they had to take those meetings and actually turn away millions of dollars in the end, right? Millions of dollars to still be able to feel good about themselves, about the business they were building, and really end of day, help people, help these clients by telling them, listen, you're not ready for it yet. He said there were a few instances that like literally a year later, these clients would come back to them and actually thank them. Say you know what like we really appreciate that because it turned out that those funds were way better spent in a different direction Um, you know we the clients were saying you know we actually still don't even need a website we're finally understanding what you were talking about Uh, and so actually thank them and so point number two there guys is integrity if you don't have your integrity in business and life doesn't matter what you're doing um, you're kind of gonna fail right and not maybe money-wise but Almost fail as a person, as a human, right? It's all about helping other people, doing right. Uh, think about the golden rule as far as do unto others. You have them do unto you. But even better, do unto others as they would want to have done unto them. If that makes sense. There's a little bit of a tweak there. Um, but either way, take number one, number two is all about integrity. And then takeaway number three, which is going to lead into the one of the best stories that I think I've ever heard. Hilariously amazing uh, takeaway number three is all about pricing. I actually asked him a follow-up question. This was after the meeting. You know, we talked about so much stuff that I had to shoot him a little follow-up question. Uh huge pro tip here, guys. Pay attention. Uh use the web app called Loom. L-O-O-M Loom. Uh it's this little Chrome plugin. You can download it for your desktop also essentially what it is is you click the button it's immediately starts a little video screen share puts your face in a bubble uh and then when you hit done after you start finished or after you finish the video it just gives you a link you don't have to download it and upload this big old file and send it across it's super easy to use uh and i use it a lot of times in place of email Uh, instead of typing on email i just hit the little button shoot a quick little video of myself asking a question explaining whatever it is and then send it along so after the meeting, I decided to shoot him this little loom uh, and, you know, the guy's in video, right? He has a whole video app and he actually came back and said, I absolutely love that you asked me a video question. Uh, I Nobody has ever done that before. And because you asked me, because you asked me that video question, I'm now replying with a video response. He wouldn't have done it. I mean, that's what kind of what I read out of that. He wouldn't even have given a video response, even though he owns this big video app. Uh, so that's a huge pro tip, guys. Please listen to that takeaway right there. Download the app Loom. Use it for updates to your clients, for sending emails. People will love it. I can promise you that. So either way, uh, getting back out of here, I sent in the question of, listen, so I'm still early on my career, so I don't see myself as an expert. And so when you were early on with agency.com, how did you price yourself? How did you figure out your not only the value of your product, but your self-worth um, and figure out, you know, what's, what's right to ask for. He comes back with his response and, you know, he's like, thank you so much for sending this video. It's a great question. And the really only answer I can give you is to almost price yourself ridiculously high. So there's well, there's two parts to this answer actually, but part number one is to almost price yourself ridiculously high to the point where you're gonna get laughed out of the room, right? I mean, they can only go one of two options here, right? You can either get a yes, awesome, you're putting yourself in a better position, client says yes, and or a no, where you're in the exact same position you were. So he said to price yourself almost ridiculously high to the point where you get laughed out of the room, and then when it comes to the next meeting, price yourself a little bit lower, and maybe you get laughed out again, and then the next meeting a little bit lower and a little bit lower until you find that sweet spot and now you understand what the market is valuing you at, right? Now you know your price point uh, because that's truly the value that other people see in the services that you're providing to them. So that's a pretty interesting way to think about it um, on how to go about pricing yourself. You you can always look at comparables if you want to, but just think like, okay, what do I think this is worth? And then, you know, add on some bucks. (laughs) Add on a lot of cash on top of it, or you can uh, ask for a sort of not intangible things, but not necessarily just monetary and price yourself there. Start there uh, and let the market figure out sort of when they stop laughing you out of the room, that's where, you know, your price point. Uh, and then part two here of this last takeaway about pricing is actually, he said to always remember uh, when it comes to an individual client, it's nearly impossible to go up in price. AKA if, if this week you charge someone $100 for consulting, you're going to have a huge battle to be next to impossible that next week you can charge them for $1,000 in consulting. So always remember that it's very difficult to go up in pricing. Uh, a little cool tip that I've heard is to actually, you know, say you're giving a client an introductory price to get your foot in the door uh, on the invoice. Go ahead and show the full price, right? Let's say it is that $1,000 for consulting. And then just underneath of that, show them like a new client discount or introductory discount. And then show, you know, 90% off or minus $900, whatever, right? In this example, uh, then it equates to that $100 fee of consulting. But that way they can still see, okay, what this actually costs is $1,000. So I'm just getting a little introductory here. And so that can make it easier to sort of take your price up for individual clients because they understand the full value, right? Um, and so those are the three biggest takeaways, guys, right? Number one, with partnerships, be super open about everything. Number two, integrity is everything, right? You have to have your integrity. And number three, when it comes to pricing, is it's nearly impossible to price yourself up again when it comes to a certain client. Uh, And then, when you actually want to figure out your worth, is almost start ridiculously high and let them laugh you out of the room. So that is where the story comes in, guys. So the example that he gave about the getting laughed out of the room, he said website number one that they did was for Sports Illustrated. They charged them nine thousand dollars. You know, nine thousand dollars. It's okay, pretty solid in my mind. But they are providing a service. that almost nobody else in the rest of the world is providing. And they realized this. They said, I don't think we're even scratching the surface of the value that we're providing in our net worth or the worth of our product. And so for meeting number two, website number two, right? So first one, Sports Illustrated, thousand bucks. Number two, they said, okay, to develop your website and have a year worth of ongoing maintenance and service, what we want is $250,000 cash. You will be getting exclusive access to the two founders of our company, which at this time, there was only two of them. It was only the two founders. There were no employees, but so they want $250,000 cash. In exchange, you'll get access to the founders, uh, a year's worth of maintenance, and a website developed. Additionally, we want working space for 20-plus people. There's there's only two of them at this point, right? But we want working space for 20-plus people and then 10 full Mac workstations mac computer workstations with the monitors hard drive keyboard printer everything which at this time is so expensive and to add the kicker here at the end we want it by next friday guys he went from website number one nine thousand dollars to website number two asking for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars cash a workspace a big workspace for a whole year as well as all of these Mac workstations. And he told me, you know what? They said no about next Friday. That was the only thing they said no to. About two weeks later, they find themselves in this massive workspace and people are just hauling computers in the door. Uh, And it's just him and his partner sitting there uh, getting ready to work. And that was really what allowed them to start growing this company super rapidly to the point of, where I started this episode, actually, they grew it to 2,200 employees in a short five year period and um, hit that $400 million valuation when they took the company public. Guys, it's just absolutely amazing. Um, I don't have like a huge key takeaway here at the end or what this entire episode was about. I just had to share it. It was an amazing experience to get to sit down with Kyle. I really had no idea what I was getting myself into or else I would have absolutely brought tripods and cameras and mics and filmed this whole thing to be able to put out as a video, uh, to have a vlog and actually have this podcast episode uh, actually include Kyle. Maybe I'll go ahead and ask if I can borrow some more of his time in the future and get the full story for you guys. But until then, I hope you enjoyed. I hope you took a little bit away from it. Make sure to download and use that app, Loom. Like I said, I'm not an investor in it or anything. I don't get shit for uh, promoting it. It's just awesome. I love it. Uh, and then remember those three t- key takeaways, right? Other than that, guys, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in. As always, my one ask, please share this. Share this with someone. And additionally to that, sharing it with someone who might get some value, is, I would love some feedback. Honestly, I am not going to know how to grow and give you guys more value unless you give me a little bit of feedback. It can be anything from, hey, I loved that you uh, talked about a real event that you went to, right? Or I love that you spoke about an interview that you had with someone, or I love the actionable tips and the tools And, or you can switch it to, yo, this absolutely sucked. You wasted a ton of my time. Like, Wayne, go fuck yourself. (laughs) I'm hoping you don't say that, but at least give me some constructive criticism so I can get better and I can continue to provide tons and tons of value as much as possible to everybody who decides to listen to this podcast and help grow an absolutely massive, badass community. Okay, so... Thanks again for listening. As always, my name is Wayne Veltzman and you've been listening to Work, Grind, Hustle. Peace.